on halacha dealing with historical changes in technology. All right. Let's get to work over here. All right. So topic for today is something actually quite interesting, which is classic mistakes in found when people write uh So let's go. Okay, again, let's Let's get our uh, chat moving over here. Okay, everyone can see the chat, I presume, or just feel free to unmute yourself, right? What is the number one problem with with a Torah scroll being handwritten? All right, number one problem are any manuscripts before the print. Again, we'll touch base on the print and the issues that, that, that actually presented. But let's go, something handwritten and copied from one to another. What's one of the main issues that we're dealing with? Here. Unmute, not for questions. Just want to Okay. Okay. So you're saying mistakes in the text, right? Now, something even more interesting happens, Brian, right? If you make a mistake in, in one Sefer Torah and you copy from one to another, you're really, really, really uh, causing actually one mistake can cause mistakes for the future. Now, you should know that at, we'll get also as we go through, but in in the Torah, there was a little bit less of an issue than in uh, the Gemara and a lot of other books. Because you have something called Rashi Tavot. Help me out in English, what would Rashi Tavot be? How do you say that? I'm really proud of it. Uh, what, how do you call Rashi Tavot in English? Acronym. Acronym. Okay, great. Thank you. So, with the acronym, then... People can later on in the books they can try to uh, decipher them differently than what the original author made. Also, you could, there are certain like shortcuts, like shorthand writing. For example, Aleph Lamed is written like an uh, interesting wobbly line, which is like a little bit of a Lamed, a little bit of an Aleph. So when you're actually copying manuscripts of Gemara, of Mishnah, of Rambam, you see over there massive mistakes, which were just misunderstanding either the acronym or the shorthand or previous or previous writers. When you get to a separate Torah, no acronyms, no shorthand, there's a very specific way of writing a Sefer Torah. Now, I want to skip forward to today, how Sofrim work. You know, maybe for next year, I'll bring you an actual uh, pictures from a friend of mine who's uh, one of the uh, top-notch Sofrim today, one of uh, quite a bit. Today, where does Sofrim copy out of? It, it, it's fascinating. We're going to see. I want to show you the two of the responses of today's world. You're going to like, whoa, where'd that come from? But okay, let's just go. Okay, so when a Sofer writes a Sefer Torah, Filin or Mezuzot, okay? Well, let's talk about Sefer Torah. Where is the Sofer copying from? Where are they copying from? That was a question. Okay. No, me saying no, the Sefer. Right, a, a real saver or a fake saver, right? A real saver. Today, Sofrim don't copy from a real saver. Today, they copy from, no, no, you were right, you were right, you were right. In the olden days, till a number of years ago, whatever, 100 years ago, whatever it was, they would actually copy from a real saver, right? So you would have an actual safer Torah that you would actually copy from, meaning if that safer had a problem, had a mistake, your Sefer Torah now had a mistake too. By the way, they're able to also figure out on different Sefer Torah where it came from by if you find a lot of common mistakes, believe it or not, you can actually figure out where, where it comes from. 
So now, Sefer Torah have today. Today, uh, the Sofrim do not copy off of a Sefer Torah. They copy off of a uh, unprinted edition of this of the Sefer Torah. So first of all, once it's printed and gone through totally, then there's no way that could be mistaken, and they all use the same uh, the same uh, text, all printed. Number two, today they actually, believe it or not, they have like a special light where it beams it onto the cloth, the parchment, where they're writing the Sefer Torah. Now, they also know how to space it correctly. So when you're a Sefer today, you don't even have to look at words like Breshit, Bara, Elohim, at the Aretz, and then go and write it into the Sefer Torah and then try to figure out where to put the right spacing. You don't do any of that today. You basically speaking, you have a light, which basically... Uh, it's like a mirror, and it catches the slip from the printer. They have it like printed up in, in line, line by line. It beams it onto the parchment. You just basically fill it in. So you're, you're writing, but you can't really make a mistake. It's very, very, very difficult to, to make a mistake. Don't worry. They still do, but it's uh, a lot better today than it was. So... We're talking about, on one hand, we have a commandment. We have to write the Torah. We have to. But on the other hand, it's very easy to copy and, and, and make a mistake. So we see already from the Yerushalmi. Let's see the Yerushalmi. Let's learn the Yerushalmi a bit. There's the Yerushalmi in... Hold on. Okay. This is the Yerushalmi in Shkalim, Perik Dalad. Okay. Perik Dalad Bet. It says as follows. Let me just see if the English follows the... Yeah, okay, fine. I'll read the Hebrew, then we'll see it in the English. Rabbi Yehuda, the Shem Shmuel, says as follows. Rabbi Yehuda, the name of Shmuel, says, Tamadei chachamim hamelamdim et ha-kohanim hilchot shechita, hilchot kabbalah, hilchot zrika, notlim scharami trumat halishka. Okay, so now we're talking about who gets paid from the Beta Mikdash Fund, which by definition, the Yerushalmi telling us about this, it must be very important. So Yehuda says, those who teach the Kohanim how to shecht, how to work the Korbanot, they all get their salary from Trumat Alishka, meaning from the fund, the Beta Mikdash Fund. Okay? Rabbi Yitzhak Bar in the name of Imi, says, so also those who checked uh, if the korbanot had uh, had uh, blemishes, they also got their money. Now look at this line. So the first two make sense. Let's go. Let's hit the chats for a second, okay? What's the common name of the first one? Those who get the money from the Beit HaMikdash Fund, okay? What are they doing? It's those and all those. Then we have a lot of other examples too. What are these people doing? Those who get money from... From the Beit HaMikdash. Again, feel free to unmute yourself. What's the common denominator? You now let me actually show this in English over here. Here we go. Review the name of Shmuel, the scholars who teach. I'll make it a little bit bigger. Okay. So teach the priests of the sword or ritual, the receivers being taken the wages, and also those who check the defects of the, actually, of the Korbanot. Okay, they take their money from Beit HaMikdash. What's their common denominator? Which makes sense, you're getting the money from the Beit HaMikdash. What, what are they doing? Who are these people? What's their job? Okay, Naomi's saying Beit HaMikdash services. Makes perfect sense, right? Beit HaMikdash services, good. Now look at the next line. Look at the next line. 
Next line. Rav Acha. Rav Tachum Barachia, the name of Rav Shimlai, says, those who correct the scroll of the temple courtyard also take their wages from the Beit HaMikdash Fund. Let's see this actually here in Hebrew. Okay. So, uh, where are we right now? Rav Chuna. Um, where are we now? Here we go, here we go. Yeah. Rav Acha. Ribi Tanhum Barchia says, Those who are those who check the secret Torah to make sure there's no mistakes, get their money from there. Okay, now one second. We just mentioned a bunch of Beit HaMikdash services. Why is checking the Sefer Torah sitting in the Beit HaMikdash so crucial and important to check it for mistakes? That's they get their money from the Beit HaMikdash. No, let's go. What's the importance? Tremendous importance. We see over here again, it's brought down to Yerushalmi. Not a story, not anything. Yerushalmi brings an important list of those people who are by far doing some of the most important jobs, getting the money from the Beit HaMikdash. So what do we see over here? What do we see over here? Well, why is that so important to correct the Sefer Torah sitting in Beit HaMikdash? Why is that so crucial? Why is that called the Beit HaMikdash service for the sake of argument? Ideas, feel free to unmute yourself, chat. Interesting, no? People will check the, check the Sefer Torah. Thoughts, ideas? Okay, so we see that, the Be- we see that over here, the Sefer Torah and the Beit HaMikdash, which was used as the base Sefer, a lot of others would, would copy from it. That was like the source, source book. That had to be 100% accurate. And they would spend a lot of money on the Sefer of the Beit HaMikdash. Let me share with you over here now what, the, what happened later on in Generations. Let me show you over here. Hold on a second. Okay, previous and previous. Hold on. I want to see it over here. Okay, one second. And here. One more second. Yeah. Okay. So we see that over here. This uh, that we're seeing over here is the responsa of the uh, sefer called uh, Shevet Halevi, Rabbi Wozner. I just want to find the words we talked about over here. What happened? What they used to do in Baghdad? Hold on a second. Um, here we go. Here we go. Look at this here. One second. Okay. Here we go. Ve'ayen the sefer Kol Yaakov. Who said Sheheid? He testified. Shebeir ve'Embi Israel, very very prominent uh, city. Uh, Baghdad. Back in the day, Bimeakadmonim Parhua Chachamim ve'Rabanim Harbe Binyan Hagahot Ubdikot Sefer Torah. They would work very very hard in checking the Sefer Torah. Ve'Lo Matzu Menucha, 
Total of seven, okay, so we see that in Baghdad, in Baghdad, they would check the Sefer Torah seven times to make sure that the Sefer Torah was 100% fine. Now, what's interesting is throughout the generations, uh, the Sefer Torah have been phenomenally uh, precise. There is a difference, by the way, between the uh, Ashkenazic Sefer Torah and the Yemenite Sefer Torah. There's about, I don't recall, it's about 11 differences, but extremely minor. An extra Vav, an extra Yud, that's about it. There's one word difference. Also, there's like a space between uh, between sections, how big the space is between the paragraphs. But practically, no differences whatsoever. So what's interesting over here again is that you see that there's a commandment to write Sefer Torah. We see that Sefer Torah, by definition, because you're copying it from a handwritten Sefer Torah to another handwritten Sefer Torah, we see that it could be discrepancies. We see that it's a very, very, very touchy subject because if one makes a mistake, those copying from that Sefer now will also make a mistake. We see that today, basically, they uh, printed the forum that the Sofrim copy from it's also uh, basically beamed onto the parchment today when, when they write it. So we're trying to avoid those issues. But nonetheless, nonetheless, you see that it's a big, big, big issue. And now let's come to the modern question, which is today we have a system of checking Sifre Torah to see if there are missing letters or extra letters to check Sifre Torah. And that is called the computer. They have special programs today. You have a number of companies that, that do that. And they're able to scan the Sefer Torah and see if there are missing, missing letters. Now, that brings a number of interesting questions. For example, does one have to take Sefer Torah and scan it. So let's, with everyone's permission, let's see one of the more modern responses written in the past uh, 30 years or so. Let me just bring it up here a second. Here we go. Okay. But before, before, before we go there, I just want to share that because, because we go under the assumption that there could be very, very slight, when I say mistakes, it's rare that a Sefer Torah actually has a, a wrong letter. What you may have is a missing Vav or an extra Vav, which because in Hebrew, you know, we don't have, I mean, those, those, those are the vowels. So those are usually the mistake was called Yeterot V'chaserot, an extra Yud, missing Yud. Certain words could be written with or without those are the uh, classic mistakes now that we, that we are talking about. And there's a very, very interesting halacha that since it's very difficult to know 100%, like it was always assumed that a Sefer Torah might have that small, teeny-weeny uh, mistake, it was there are opinions that if you have a Sefer Torah that 
you don't know 100% of missing an extra vav or yod, it was always assumed that that Sefer Torah is okay. You can see a bracha on it and read it as well. I'm not saying if you know for sure that it has the mistake, but in general, also, by the way, if someone's reading and actually finds such a mistake, an extra vav, an extra yod, you'll see responses that say, well, it's okay, you could say the bracha on it because it's almost impossible to reach 100% uh, perfection again. This farm that everyone copies from, everyone became very, very, very careful. You see in Beit HaMikdash, you see it throughout the generations. I showed you in Baghdad, which is where uh, back in the day, that was uh, by far one of the most prominent uh, uh, Jewish cities, or cities with a lot of Jews to be more precise. And you see that they always try to make sure that the core books, they put so much effort into it. So bottom line is, but we're, since we're aware that any given Sefer Torah, in theory, can have an extra yurt or a vav, a lot of opinions say if you have such a Sefer Torah and you, you caught such a mistake and you don't have another one, you can definitely continue reading from that Sefer. And now let's see what happens when the computer comes into our life. Uma La This is a book called Peacegate. Chuvot. And yes, I'll, I'll put all the source sheets on the on the uh, on the course on the course page. Umashim Siulachuna at Bdikat Machshev. Okay, that they added a, recently a computer check. That scans the Sefer Torah has Torek et Sifreha Torah Utfilim. Umezuzot. Oops, it's like I'm highlighting everything. Now, if there is a, a, a missing, usually refers to again, missing yud, a missing vav, or yater, an extra vav, an extra yud. We're not talking about the big mistakes of wrong letters or, 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 or words that are missing or extra. That, that is very rare to actually happen. When they go through the uh, people review it, the hagaha, it's usually caught. Now, this can happen because even when someone's reviewing the Sefer Torah, it's very easy to, to not catch that mistake because it's a very small, above and yud, a very small, and the word makes perfect sense, and some words are written sometimes with the vav and sometimes without the vav, so it's very hard to catch. And look at the next line. Kevan shametziut mochicha. We've actually seen that even after you have a professional go over a safer, they still find by the computer missing an extra vavs. Anyone here want to take a wild guess, a wild guess, a standard safer Torah that was written and then checked? How many of them, again, we're talking about one check. Remember in Baghdad, went through seven checks. Today, without the computer, okay? Take a wild guess. How many Sifri Torah that were written and checked once, how many of them are missing a vav or have an extra vav or an extra yud? Take a wild guess. A wild guess. And this affected halacha, by the way, tremendously, to such an extent that some say that if you read a Sefer Torah, you find it, you can still go on reading from the Sefer Torah because it's very hard to reach perfection. Go, take a wild guess. How many would you say? Okay, I see a private chat of, uh, okay, okay, uh, saying very few, okay, oh, without a computer. Okay, so first of all, definitely today with the new systems that they have in writing, you're right, Nomi, it definitely went down drastically. 
let's go back before they started uh, beaming it on on the parchments and everything else. Okay, copying. Just you look at it and you copy, and then people check. Okay, right before you know the zero, where uh, we have different techniques today to make it uh, much better. Would you believe the numbers are close to eighty percent? Eighty percent. Again, if they be checked seven times, I can bag that. That would definitely get minimal. Like Nomi said correctly, today we have different techniques to minimize it. But nonetheless, those are the numbers. Belachem, have bechlal kolmad efshar levarure mevarurinan. So, basically, it says, therefore, it becomes, uh, there's a rule, a cloud of whatever we can check, we should check. And comes over here, the Piske Chuvot, one of the most, uh, again, prominent postgame of our days. And he says, Wow. Wow. So, it says that you actually have to check a Sefer Torah with a computer. This is unbelievable. So, it's not just like, oh, we have a computer, how nice it could help us catch. But since we see that it's such an important topic and such an important issue. And we see that the Beit HaMikdash spent money in it. And in Baghdad, we'll see a lot of other places too. We're going to see soon the Khatam Sofer who says, I look around and I see so many storm all around me that have issues. So therefore today, since we have the tools for it, we actually must do it. Now, today, by the way, if you are to buy a Sefer Torah or you buy Lean or you buy Mizuzot, they all will come. And if it doesn't come with it, you can definitely ask for it, but it will say in it two things. It will say in it checked also by a human and also checked by a computer. In truth, you need both. You need both. Why do you need a human and also a computer? So a computer you really need because it catches things that it's very hard for a human to, to catch, like in the extra valves and yuds and so on. Also some other very, very fine tuning things that it's very, very easy to catch, to miss for a human. But human beings know halacha well, and they're able to see on the letters and the shapes, and they're able to catch things that a computer, maybe with modern uh, AI will uh, reach higher levels, but they're able to catch a lot of things that a computer doesn't have enough knowledge to know if the letter is okay and or certain letters uh written in certain ways is a kosher or not kosher a lot of other elements as well but it's brought down here that one must check with the computer now some say though i'm skipping all the way to the bottom here for a second the yesh kotvim she'en tikata machshev chova there are those who write that a computer is recommended, but it's not a requirement, meaning that if one has a Sefer Torah that was not checked by a computer, the Sefer Torah is 100% fine. Now, a Sefer Torah that was not checked at all, we do not use that Sefer Torah. Sefer Torah must be checked. Sefer Torah, it's filin mezuzot, hagaha, it's called, it must be checked. But if it was checked by a human and not by a computer, that's very interesting. Very interesting. So let's go. 
share some thoughts. Why would you say that even though you have a computer and a lot of many times the computers will catch, why if you don't check by a computer, is it still okay? Any ideas, any thoughts, please feel free to share. And from here we go into Rabbi Wozner, you'll see some fascinating things what was going on in previous generations. What could the reason be why if you, you have a computer, if you have a safer Torah not checked by a computer, it's okay. There are such opinions. Thoughts, ideas, anyone? I, I was thinking, I, I don't know, it's, it's probably off, yeah. but um, since, um, you know, with Lacha, we say, like, Elo, Velo, like, maybe there's some, in Lacha itself, it'll, it, it allows for human error, it doesn't require us, like, I, also, I, I, can you change the Halacha um, after so, you know, after it's been one way, how can you, it's like Loba Shamayim Hiem, kind of thinking along those lines. I don't know if that's, I think you would need oh, support to say, you, you need Allahic support to say that you have to just, you know, do the best uh, you can, that you're not absolved if there's a better method. Okay, you're exactly right. So basically this brings us back to what was going on uh, previous, in the previous generations where they didn't have the option of using a computer and still a safer, even though we know that there's a good chance that the safer may be missing a vav or a yud or have an extra one. It's okay because that's the best that humans can do. Again, the source books, they put in a lot of extra time, but that's the norm. That is the norm. The remote talks about it. Let's see over here some of the other opinions. Now we see over here also, we keep talking about, you know, generations are we moving forward are we moving backwards holy so you see in the you see one after the other we'll also talk about you know times before we mention time zones in the in the preface to this year of also in the discovered you know uh time zones and, and the when does the the uh the line of you know the date the, the date date line where does it begin is is japan again a, a day before is they a day after all those things actually uh Forget that we have time, but today we to get also Zricha and Shkia. We are able today to get to a lot more precise numbers because we have satellites. We have a lot of tools today, and that brings up a fascinating question: Do we go by Shkia by the way where we look at the sun, which is the way they used to do it until a short time ago? Watches never existed. It, it's fascinating. So you see over here what you were saying before is a hundred percent correct. Hashem gave the Torah to human beings. Human beings do not have watches as till about a number of years ago, right? They did not have watches. They could not, they did not have satellites. They could not possibly tell exact measurements. So yes, today we live in a world which is incomprehensible. We can actually know, you know, today, if you ever look at the books when Zrich and is, they're able to go by the exact angles. You know, they, had the, they use a spherical trigonometry to, to figure out exactly where the sun and moon is. I mean, I went, I, I the, you know, uh, we had, <laughs> Birkata uh, Levana, going back a number of months ago, we couldn't figure out where the moon was. We live in an area full of buildings. You just look on the NASA charts, figured out where the moon is. We just went out and we found the moon. It's incredible. The question, of course, is, does that change halacha where the Torah says, we don't need perfection. We're not striving for perfection. And again and again and again, I want to be careful. The source books, you see how much effort we're put into it to make sure the source books will be fine, things that people copy from are fine. But we're not expecting human beings at any given moment to write something perfect or to do something perfect, 
or to know exactly Mizricha and Shkia is perfect. You know, it's it's not the way human beings are. So you're 100 percent right. So to say, even though we have computers today, it's great, it's wonderful, but don't go ahead and say that a safer Torah is puzzle if you didn't check it by a computer. However, we do see other opinions and say no, it's a tool you have. If you have it, use it. Now, let me share with you over here. I want to show you over here a number of interesting uh, things that Rabbi Wozner brings. He brings over here as follows. The discussion is, do we need to use a computer or not? And he shares a lot of things that were going on in the world at the time. So let's see, for example, what the Khatam Sofer, the famed rabbi in uh, Hungary, one of the great Gdolei Ador, writes. Ayan od b'tshuvot maran Khatam Sofer. Printed in Kuntres Zer Sofrim. Look at this, and hold on tight to your seat. The Rov Tharim, most of the Sefer Torah in our days, Einam Yotzim Mitachad Yada Sofer. The Chatam Sofer was extremely troubled. He said he went through many, many, many Sefer Torah. This is the pre-Holocaust. And he said, the majority, I don't know the majority, but he said, no, no, actually, this is majority. The Rove, Rove is majority. The majority of Sifre Torah, he said, are not perfect. They're missing extra vav. I want to be careful again, not extra words or things like that, but the vavs and the yus are small stuff. The whole Sif Maran. And the great rabbi also added that Bavoteno Harabinit Matua Dorot, he says, it's also possible that those who were checking the Sifre Torah. Uh, you have to be careful too that their their knowledge also or the ability of checking perhaps like it was in the old days. But the bottom line is he goes, Okay, that's a, a, a side issue. So the bottom line is you see over here that in the olden days, you see that they were very, very, very troubled about the Sefer Torah. And therefore, if you see that's one of the topics that Khatam Sofer spoke about, that he was so troubled by it. So now you have a computer, you can actually fix it. But let's over here see, I want to show you something else over here too. Um, okay, one second. Yeah, it's not what I wanted. Give me one second. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so now he brings over here that they actually they actually did a check. And we found a lot, a lot, a lot of issues uh, over there. Uh, further, he talks here about that uh, that many times it's checked only once. It should be checked two or three times. In other words, the whole system of checking is not what it actually uh, should be done. So today we have a number of issues. One, we have a massive amount of writing. Two, the checks, we stack and bag that everything checks seven times. Today it's checked less times. 
And three is that even back in the day, we find a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous amount of, uh, of mistakes over there. So now I want to show you over here what he says here about the computer. And okay. Uh, a response called Ginat Verdim. And he writes as follows. Okay. Look at this. Look at this. this is this is like this is like so earth shattering. Look at these words. When the great responses again going back not not too many years ago. It says Hashta, meaning now. It's very hard to find a Sefer Torah, which is 100%. Because the Sofrim are, are not as meticulous like they can or should be. And also, whatever. And then he goes on and he says, Therefore, he said what they did was they are makil, they they are lenient. So, because that was the reality, they permitted to read with a sefer Torah as long as people did the best they could. And look at the following lines. We are lenient for ourselves to read from a Sefer Torah like this. So you see over here, you see over here a frightening phenomenon. There were communities that literally could not get hold of a 100% kosher Sefer Torah. She had Baghdad, which had it. But then, remember, Jews are being scattered throughout, throughout, you know, talking about uh, Europe and uh, North Africa. And you have a lot of places we'd be able to find a sofer that can write in parchment, you're lucky. And to find someone who has a good source, you're lucky. And to find someone who knows how to check it, you're double lucky. That was the reality back in the day. And you see that the Ramah himself, Ramah Israelis, he writes over there that you have such a Sefer Torah, he says, a lot of our Sfarim are like that. So you could say a bracha and you could actually read from su such a Sefer Torah. And you see them all while saying it, they don't take it lightly. They all talk about the terrible situation that we're in, but what choice do we have? There's no way out. There's just no solution. So today we have a number of interesting things that have come in. One, what we mentioned before, that today when the Sofrim write, they're actually copying off of a printed version of a Sefer Torah, and they're beaming it onto the parchment, so we demand the mistakes. Normally, like you said before, you're 100% right. Much less mistakes than you used to be. And the second thing we mentioned about the computer, and the computer changes a lot, which is, enables us now to catch it. But the Shevata over here, Rabbi Wozner writes, he says, but you have to be careful. We're not here. Look at these words. The computer will not pask it and not de de decide if the letters are kosher or not. And it will not replace for and will not replace a human 
checking because the Sefer cannot be trustworthy or things that humans can catch in Sefer Torah, not only mentioned before, and also Paskening. Okay, let me just go on here a second. And now, he said, some say, though, that it is very, very interesting. This is modern response when it first came out. And some said, you know something? We had the computer, but the computer is like the Katsakin Shel Shechita, which means that a, a, a Shechita knife has to be checked, but let's change, flip pages here. Oops, easy. He says, and they, 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 they came up with a very, very interesting, and this, by the way, brings us into another interesting topic, which is bugs on lettuce and, and vegetables. So that, it's, it's another new topic. So are you allowed to have, are you allowed to eat a vegetable that has uh, bugs in it or fruit that, that have bugs in it? Well, what about lettuce with bugs? So lettuce is a separate issue, but let's talk about a lot, a lot of different uh, vegetables or, or, or leaves, especially to have bugs on them. A, a topic in and of itself. Well, back in the olden days, they only check with their with their naked eye. Today, we have a tool that enables us to check things thoroughly, which is called a microscope. So it became a very interesting question. What happens if you take a leaf of lettuce or cabbage or, or God knows what, and you look at it with your eyes and you don't see any problem you don't see any bugs when you look at under a microscope you do what's the halacha what is the halacha so over there it's not a problem it's not a problem why not you know there's bugs there you have a microscope you can see that there's bugs on it but you can't see with the naked eye why is it okay let's go share in the chat unmute yourself why is that okay we'll see also here the rabbis try to connect it to the computer which was actually fa- i remember when the computer first came out it was absolutely fascinating i'll tell you an interesting thing also as they're able to catch also stolen secret torah i'll tell you about that in a second okay so so let's go so uh, uh, the police today and all the all, all the um you know what they call the detectives and everything else today to use special tools from checking the Sefer Torah to catch, Sefer, to, to catch stolen Sefer Torah. Okay, why is it okay? You look at a piece of lettuce under a microscope and you see bugs, you see vegetables with bugs, you can't see with the naked eye, it's okay. Why is it okay? You, you know, you notice bugs there. I remember that the Pasuk and the Torah says these things are like disgusting to you. So it, in, like this says to you, I would think that it implies like something that you can see it like Maybe if you use a microscope and it's disgusting to you, that would be a different issue, but I don't know. You don't want to eat something disgusting. Okay, that's true, but if you can't see it with your eyes, right? Yeah. Like something important, you can't see it with your eyes, so what happens now? Is this called, is it, go ahead, yeah? I just, like according to the Pasuk, I would say it can't be disgusting to you if you can't see it with your eyes. Can't see right. it. Is that the pasuk? Am I saying I'm saying the pasuk correctly? Am I saying it? I remember it. Yeah. Shekes yelachem. Right. So, so we see over here that it goes by how you see it. It goes by how you see it. Let's see these words over here as well. Whatever cannot be seen to the human eye is not part of the prohibition. The afim anu roim toleim by microscope. Even though we can see. The bugs, the worms, and the microscope, Hadavar Hater Gamur, it's totally permitted because it goes by us, by human beings. Like we were saying before, the Torah was given to human beings. A human being is only required to do what a human being can do. Okay? 
So here, so some rabbis, when the computer came out, said, one second, you don't need to check it by a computer. Just like you don't need to use a microscope to check to check for bugs. We only are responsible to do what we can do. We're only required to do what we can do. Human beings make mistakes. That's what it is. It's okay. Who needs a computer? It's extra perfections like using a microscope for bugs. Rabbi Wozner, one of the big, big, big postkin, jumps in and says, no, 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 no. It's a massive mistake. Massive, massive, massive difference over here. He says, why? He says, because in the case of the bug, everyone knows the bug's there. The discussion is of a bug that a human being can see. Is that all that matters or is a microscope also considered to be uh, knowledge? And the answer is, even though we know it's there, it doesn't bother us. We're only commanded to not eat bugs that human eyes can see. However, over here with the Sefer Torah, it's different. We are commanded to make sure it's perfect, just that we are human beings and we have flaws. But if you have a tool to help you reach that perfection, you definitely must use it. By the way, this logic is like we said at the very, very beginning of the year. We, we, we brought over there that some people say that if you uh, did not check the Safer Torah with a computer, there are those opinions that say you, you can still use the Safer Torah because. You can still use the Safer Torah because uh, it's not a Torah requirement because uh, all the generations we did it without the computers. So you can't come today and say that, oh, you know, today I have a computer, you must use it. There are such opinions. There are other opinions like we're seeing over here. <laughs> you notice a mistake and you have a tool to, to, to fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Anyway, that's a, a very interesting thing in, in and of itself. I just want to show you one more thing over here too that they became a whole a whole topic also today with uh, with filling, which is also another fascinating topic it brings down here. It's like you see also like like whoa, how many things changed? Today we look at filling and we say, you know what? Hey, filling um are filling uh firm. Anyone ever held fill in the hand and try to squeeze it? It's filling hard, soft. What are they? Ever try to squeeze it, fill in and crush it? What are they? What is filling today? Hard, soft? Ever try to crush tefillin? Ever? Right? They're pretty, pretty, pretty firm. Tefillin today are made from uh, cowhide, which is very, very thick, very, very strong. It can only be made in modern machinery, which is Bezvel Hashem. Uh, next, next week, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit too. But you need hydraulics to create very powerful machines and you could literally, by using your feet and pedals, you can get a machine to reach tremendously high levels of uh, of power and force to actually mold very, very, very thick le uh, leather into the shape of tefillin. It's practically impossible. With your own hands, it's not, it's not possible. So how did they make tefillin pre-Holocaust? Chafetz Chaim. How they make tefillin in those days? You look in the in the Shulchan Aruch. How they make tefillin? You won't believe how they made tefillin. Tefillin was made like uh, origami. They would take cloth parchment and they would fold it up and use also glues to get it to the perfect shape. And that's how they would make tefillin. Tefillin would actually all the time be be puzzled and make new ones. It was relatively easy to make and very easy to to ruin. When they came along with the modern machineries, they're talking about hydraulics, the first, first thing they were able to use was a little thinner 
uh, leather. They were able to use, uh, you know, like from uh, sheep, goats. It's called behemadaka, and they made tefillin, and that was like wow. It's like heavy duty leather tefillin that don't get ruined so easily. It's hard to bend them out of shape. So the time was so excited, he actually ordered a special pair of this phenomenal uh, revelation of having uh, tefillin. When I when I was bar mitzvah, that was still the standard uh, tefillin out there. Beimadaka. Later on, these massive, powerful machines came out. You could work with the pedals, which means it's still called uh, man-made, and that revolutionized all tefillin. So same thing over here. So he says over here, so, some some rabbis come along and they say, look. Here he goes. Uh, Masenara, look at this. The Benish Chai, Masenara Bizmanzek in Rav Gadol Moshe Chaim. That's the Benish Chai. Itra Lei Ram Baghdad, Chacham Echad Midamesek. So in Baghdad, which was one of the most prominent cities that Jews lived in, uh, someone came in and they said that, listen, uh, the tefillin that you have, which again, we're made at an apartment. This is the tefillin. They're not exactly square. They're not done 100% right. And basically speaking, they say, well, okay, so you can make them even better. It didn't change the fact. And what he says over here, I'll just, I'll just uh, make it shorter then and then uh, summarize the sheer. He says, nonetheless, yes, the, moving forward, did they, did they change their tefillin? Yes. But because if you can make it better and make a better square and so on, but you can't come and say that everything they did till now was wrong because they did the best that they could. So quick, quick, quick summary. To come along today, and this is very, very important to know. So when we come along today and we say, look, today we have Sifre uh, Torah, Tefillin, Mezuzot. We have tremendous tools today to make sure that the Kashrus is in a higher level. Do we have to do it? Everyone agrees that we should. Do we have to? It's an argument. If you have to, meaning if you didn't do the computer check, is it kosher or not? It's an interesting discussion. Now, but wh what about back in the day before the computer? Again, you see that the Beit Hamikdash put a lot of effort to it. You see all those cities. You see a lot, a lot of responses, which we didn't bring over here today. See that the big cities, with the, which had the base books, they put tremendous efforts into it. However, as communities um, dispersed and people write Sefer Torah and use bases, you, you find communities where the rabbis write that it's very, very, very hard for them, close to impossible, to actually find a Sefer Torah with no issues. Again, talking about the small, fine details, and therefore they were matir, actually, they permitted to say a bracha and read from those Sefer Torah. And they all write that today is one of the most amazing periods in Jewish history where we also have the tools to write better, we also have the better tools to copy better, also get the spacing right, also the parchment comes already with all lines. It, 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 the techniques today are so much better, and top it all off, we have the computer to check, so it definitely makes it a, a higher level. Again, the question is, if you don't have it, do you have to? And also bring the same topic, just to summarize also about, about uh, bugs on food, now that we have tools we have to check, and again over there, you can check if you want, but the criteria is not going to be the computer or the uh, the the the, the uh, magnifying glass slash the microscope. The criteria is going to be the way the eye catches. And Sefer Torah is different because the criteria is going to be 
if there's a mistake, you should try to catch it, but it doesn't change from the fact that if you didn't catch it or things like that, and that's a beautiful part of it, the Torah was given to human beings. If it happens to be that one read a Sefer Torah, by the way, that's what we'll be passing with this, I want to end also. A very interesting fact. If a Sefer Torah was read and they find the mistake in the Sefer Torah, we take out a new Sefer Torah and continue reading. But the classic psak is that we say that from now on we'll read from a new Sefer, but we don't have to read what we read from the previous Sefer. We said whatever we did till now, even though the Sefer had a mistake, Whatever we did was fine. We did our part. We did our best, and we did fine. We don't go back and read what we read with the safer that was now discovered to be puzzle. Whatever was, was. We did our best. Same thing with the tefillin over here in Baghdad and everything else. But moving forward, we're always going to try our best. If we found the mistake, we'll try our best now with the safer now, which, uh, which to the best of our knowledge, uh, does, doesn't have any mistakes. So that's a very interesting, just to summarize one last time, we see over here that the Torah gave us a commandment to write Sefer Torah and to, well, it's a little complicated, actually, actually it's a kind of, uh, of Ezra, side issue, but we see here, we have a commandment to live and keep Torah and Mitzvah, we have a commandment to do the best that we can, we see here that modern advancements enabled us to even go that much further, there's certain times where these advancements are, are, are required, other times we're not, depending what the criteria actually are. But the world today of Stam is a different world. Stam is writing these Sefer Torah, Tefillin is a different league completely to actually previous generations. And I just really, really want to end. We see a lot of the greats of the previous generation would be moaning and saying how, how, how painful it is that it's hard for us to find a perfectly kosher Sefer. And today, it's a big schut. It's a tremendous merit that we're living in an era where we're able to have that are a hundred percent right across the board and that's actually phenomenal now i just want to bring the one more small point we end that today the same computers that check this the the safer torah they actually have a copy of the print so if god forbid a safer torah is stolen you can always uh always locate it every torah is different because it's handwritten so they're able to find a parchment and then find a computer printout or the computer screen, uh, scanning of that safer, there are other ways to do it too, there are other companies that do it a little different, but the bottom line is, they're actually able to now identify firms. So every safer Torah, believe it or not, has an identification uh, code on it, because we now have the, um, we now all the, uh, all the scanning of those firms. So we gain twice uh, in that realm as well. Okay, so, Adkan is today's year about modern technology, Sefer Torah, lettuce, and so on. And B'shvat Hashem, in the upcoming shiur, we're going to show some more interesting topics that happen as technology or things actually uh, change and developed, and how we uh, uh, felt within how it affected also uh, halacha and the rabbinim attributes of different things. So thank you very, very, very much, everyone. And wishing everyone a Shavuot Tov uh, from Yerushalayim. We should only have uh, a lot of Sarot to vote. Amen. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Geller, how have you been? Uh, Baruch Hashem. It's, uh, it's been... Uh, I got 